You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello everyone and welcome to Oh What A Night. Oh What A Night, the song actually was always in reference to watching Tottenham on a Tuesday night, so technically last night doesn't count. And I say <laughs> last night, I'm of course referencing Spurs' 1-0 defeat to Antwerp, so if you're listening on Saturday it would have been a couple of nights ago. Um, to help me dissect Oh What A Weird Evening is Dan Kilpatrick from the Evening Standard, Jude Summerfield from Brighton. And Hunter Godson from the block. Um, <laughs> right, still Hunter I, Godson from the block, of course. Don't be fooled by the lack what else. <laughs> um, weird one, weird evening. Um, yeah. There's a lot to get through, mm-hmm. and I think we'll we'll go top line first, as always, and then break it down a little bit. Jude, I'll begin with you. How are you feeling off the back of that game and what is your kind of overriding thought? I thought your takes were very level-headed. You didn't get too caught up in it, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had enough yet, Robbie. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm all right with it. It, was, um, it wasn't particularly good, but playing every three or four times, uh, three or four days or, you know, between games, that's, that sort of thing's just going to happen. And, you know, just throwing Stevie Bergwijn and Vinicius and uh, Bale together, hoping that it clicks. And, you know, sometimes that's just not going to work. Mm. Um, and, you know, Royal, Royal Antwerp defended really well and we couldn't break him down. And, you know, I was very much just sort of hands up and say fair play. Mm. There's no point in getting too aggy about it, I didn't think. Yeah, I agree with Jude. I, d- I don't think you can get too too worked up about. I think Spurs in the last few years, due to their success, have sort of almost got a new, a newer fan base, let's say, and there's, they're hyper-reactive and they're hyper, almost like our manager at half-time, and um, it, was, it was too many changes. It was too many, it was too many it was too many changes to the starting eleven, and then I thought there was too many changes at half-time. I thought it was just like, you're asking two separate teams to go and break down a team. And that being said, I, I just thought it was a really abject lacklustre lethargic performance but you know I said I remember watching these games in the Europa League time and time again I genuinely think 
going from a Premier League game to a Europa League game must be quite a, a switch. And especially for players who are used to playing in the Champions League. Um, I'm not saying that they were arrogant, but maybe just slightly overconfident with it yesterday. Yeah, Dan, Dan what did you make of the, the quadruple hook? <laughs> the quadruple hook? Mm. Well, I don't think it was the right decision personally. I think I would have preferred Mourinho to say to them, you know, you've got 15, 20 minutes to, to go and put this right. You know, it hasn't been good enough. Um, but it was very Mourinho. And I almost found it quite amusing. You know, it was kind of peak Mourinho. And when the five subs came in back in June, there was a lot of chat about Mourinho making kind of five halftime changes in the first game when it wasn't going well. And he kind of almost fulfilled that prophecy last night. But I think, you know, I, I, I do feel for, for Ali and, and Bergwijn in particular because Mourinho was very clear pitch side before the match when he did the BT Sport interview and he said they need to grasp the opportunity with both hands. You know, they didn't travel to Burnley, you know, kind of suggesting you know, they're the guys that they need to step up and impress me. And, you know, for me, and I'm sure we'll come on to this in more detail over Ali in particular, but it's, it's just very hard to impress in those kind of conditions when the whole team was below par. There were effectively 10 changes because Ben Davis was playing a new position and he was the only outfield player who was... Uh, kept on from Burnley so it was a really difficult game to just kind of come into and hit the ground running for, for everyone really um, and I think you know, for the guys that, that were kind of told to go and impress and make the most of the opportunity for them for Mourinho to then come out and say well I, I won't you know essentially won't be giving them many opportunities yeah. again in future or, or I'll be less inclined to rotate in future you know I, I felt like that was uh you know, I felt like it was it was a bit harsh given the circumstances of, of the the game in general. Mm. Yeah, I think it was really interesting seeing his comments after the game and before the game because they're not f- those comments aren't for Deli Ali. He's in the change room. He can't hear any of that. So it's it's directly for the media. And I think particularly the, the point afterwards you asked me about why certain people don't play. Well, now you know. I think we'll come on to to break that down a little bit more detail. But let's do, let's do the good bits that we can find. I mean, it's difficult to find off the back of a one nil defeat where we didn't create a huge amount um mm. were there any good bits in there was there any one that came out of that game with their head held high that could say i had a really good game tonight i think i'd met we had a call this morning early this morning Haynes, and we sort of got onto it and i said i don't think anyone's reputation was enhanced by last night um some didn't come out hurt regulon was was fine I think the rest of the back line had an absolute stinker. Ben Davis looked really uncomfortable, which is a bit of a shame. Sanchez, I'm, I'm, I just don't, I don't know where I'm at with him. <laughs> and Aurier, it was kind of that everything that Aurier gets criticised for. Um, Harry Winks looked way, way off the pace. Uh, I, I thought, I, honestly, I, but I, but I have to say, I thought Vinicius before he was dragged off was was doing what he was being asked to do he was holding the ball up fairly well and he was bringing other people into play running beyond the last man um i thought that was quite a harsh harsh one i also thought i, I have to say i thought they were all harsh so so maybe uh, you know maybe maybe the fact that we have depth in our squad to be able to do that is a good thing but uh, honestly i d- there wasn't much to take from last night that was positive yeah, interested in that the, the Venetia's one. I thought it was quite a quite a odd decision. Mm. Um, uh, having said this, perhaps there is something good in the fact that we now 
moving forward, you have a really clear picture about the sort of people that are going to be able to jump into a game like that and perform straight away. And those that, that maybe need a little bit more momentum. And I, what was quite stark is it, it seems to be a lot of a lot of our, our, our sort of second string that actually are confidence and momentum players. And, and, and perhaps that's a really good uh, and significant reason why we see Eric Lamella quite a lot coming on in games. Because he's someone that you think, right, chuck him on 20 minutes. He seems to be able to adapt to the speed of the game very, very quickly. Or at least make the game work for him very quickly. Whereas I, I think you saw, as you said, Hunter, you saw with Winks, Bergvine, Delhi, I think Gareth Bale to some extent. These are guys that need to be playing in that first team to be able to shine in a way that that you expect them to. Mm. Um, was there any other good bits God, it seems so silly to be kind of actually raising that, but I can't actually think of many things that I that I saw in that game. I mean, if we're going to go good as in funny, I think Mourinho's caption on his Instagram tweet <laughs> certainly raised a smile. Um, who's taking that picture? I literally who's, who's said he, that. Who's, yeah, I who's said grabbed that him and him. said, yeah, take the photo. I don't uh, think you want to do this, Jose. <laughs> you you, Just take you know... You know that account, Boyfriends of Instagram? <laughs> oh, brilliant. And it's oh. just still, it's still images of guys lying on the floor to get the perfect shot of their, yeah. of their misses. I well, wonder whether it's Yao Sacramento. Well, I was going to say, oh, God, don't make my, don't make my beautiful Yao yeah. do that for you. Hunter's pulse is quickening. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love Yao to take some photos of me. Um I was hoping because we know the the videographer at Spurs. I was hoping it was him, right, Hainsey, getting Tommy. Yeah, oh, a hundred percent. If if it was Tommy, you know it would have. He's got a lovely blue filter. Yeah, he loves a he filter. He puts over oh, everything. He does love a he, you would have been able to tell straight away. Well, yeah. this one was quite a candid shot, and also it was quite interesting that he that he'd sort of. It was almost like he was like, can you catch me looking pensive and sad, but also a little bit annoyed. Yeah, it was a it was a weird caption as well, wasn't it? Well, the caption was something like, "I'm dis- everyone on the bus, uh, bad performance. Is- hope everyone in this bus is as upset as I am." And there was no one on the bus, so it was a bit like <laughs> him and the driver. I understand what, raging. what the, it really did. <laughs> it really did feel like he'd set up his phone and put a timer on and gone. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a good one of me here. Oh my god! Imagine if it was on a timer. I mean, look, that, that, yeah, very. We're really clutching at straws. So mm. now, well, he, he might have one of those kind of little remote controls that you get with a tripod. Yeah, he might have nice. sort of <laughs> bought a fifteen ninety nine tripod on Amazon, and he can just kind of hook it on the bus seat, <laughs> and then he stares forward and just clicks the, Looks the button. Pensive. Prime it, delivery to Antwerp. He is quite new to the um to the social media scene, isn't he? So. You know, it is a bit like watching your your weird uncle get into social media um, <laughs> and just being like keeping them at arm's length, <laughs> checking in on it every now and then. There was a really like your da one in the dressing room after Burnley. <laughs> yeah, there was. Kind of gesturing to them all on their phones. <laughs> that was so. That was so. Brent, exactly like a kind of family. Yeah, like Brent at family Christmas. Look at all the young Can't get people a word in with these mobiles. young people. Yeah, <laughs> I did think on that one though. It was quite interesting that even Ledley King had reached that point where he was one of the phone squad. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's it. one of the kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not hanging around with the adults on the adult no table. Well, he's like the, he's like the 
older half brother he's sort of between generations he doesn't know yeah. when to sit at the kids table or like with the grown ups he's allowed to drink yeah. but he also doesn't want to talk about politics yeah he's sort of he's slinking on boxing day he's sort of sneaking off to go out with his mates yeah exactly while you're still ramming turkey sandwiches down your mush right um, uh, uh, let's go on to the bad bits I mean how long have you got but um, let's try and break this one down we'll I think do it's important each. not to get carried away as well I'll just, I'll yeah. just pr- I'll, I'll uh, gonna, prefix that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's bookend it and mm. make sure we can't go too far out of that range mm. one each Hunter, what was your what was your number one thing that you like? Oh, I didn't enjoy that. I think it was um, just the sort of at, uh, I don't know if attitude's the right way, but the tempo we we started with and maintained throughout was just way way too. Um, we're just going to roll these guys over here. And what what I have said time and time again is that I think that the Europa League games can be really good for momentum, and we we've, we've gone. Uh, I can't remember how many games. Several games unbeaten now. Dan can probably tell me. Dan, how many games unbeaten were we? Ten. Okay, so th- that's what I mean. Ten games unbeaten. I'm sure we'll see a, a response against Brighton. But all it, all it felt for me was, let's not give up the momentum just because we feel like we should win this game. And it and it did feel like maybe we we were slightly just overconfident in uh, and, and, and Antwerp played quite well I have to say their, their press especially in the last sort of 20 minutes when when we were trying to play in their half and they decided to drop back their press onto the ball was really brilliant I thought and and it made us look quite ordinary obviously we created one or two chances but not 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 a lot so I think if anything hopefully it's a kick up the arse but for me yeah it was just a sort of it was a very plodding performance throughout Dan, what about you? What was your bad? I think Ben Davis, we have to mention, and it was disappointing because I think I was really intrigued to see whether he might emerge as a genuine option at centre-half. And I think everyone likes the idea of having a bit more balance back there with a left footer. And obviously Lask wasn't really a proper (laughs) test, but there were just kind of intriguing elements to it that I I wanted to see go a bit further and and maybe... um, you know, maybe see it tried out in the in the league at some point, but I don't think that's going to happen now because he was pretty shaky last night. And I think, even though in part that was from playing in a, a really abject back line, I mean, Aurier was was all over the place, and Sanchez was absolutely all over the place. I mean, the first thing Sanchez did, I don't know if anyone noticed, was kick the ball yeah. straight up in the air bizarrely, and then challenge for the header himself. It was it was a really weird bit of play mm. um, that, that kind of suggested he wasn't feeling at all comfortable. But Davis, yeah, I mean, obviously he 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 made the the mistake, but they should have scored a couple more at yeah. least in the second half. Um, I mean, oh, the, the wow. guy, oh, wow. the guy who who robbed Davis was Umbakani, and he missed an absolute sitter. So it, it should really have been two or three. But Davis made the mistake. It, it was symptomatic, I thought, of the, the entire performance. You know, he was slow, dithery, wanted one touch too many, didn't really know what to do with it, was looking to go backwards. And they, they were kind of all the things that were wrong with the, the display mm. in the first half. So it felt like a, a fitting way to concede the goal. But, you know, I suspect that experiment um, won't, won't see too much more daylight now um, after last night, which, which is a shame. And it's probably quite a good thing for, for Joe Roden. Um, yeah. Because he plays on the left side and, and is probably the, the best hope beyond Dyer and Alderweireld of, of providing a bit of balance back there. Mm. We, something we, you touched on there. We this discussion this morning as yeah. well, didn't we? Yeah, something you touched on there about the touches. I, I couldn't believe how many touches 
players like Lacelso were needing to sort of get the ball set at their feet. That and obviously that's him not playing very much. Um, still sort of finding that match sharpness. But it was ten, eleven, not three or four, where you think right, you know, one or two is what you usually go for. It was ten, eleven, and <laughs> I've always accused Lamella of this. So you know, he almost goes under the radar of doing it because he does it every time he plays. But but it was players that you know their best game is when they're moving on and picking it up. And you could see the passes were open. There was one where Deli Deli Ali was supposed to play it, had a clear opening for Gareth Bale and took three, four, five touches. And I was like, that's that's max sharpness. But it felt like it, it just sort of seeped into everyone in the team. And it, that I think that's what led to such like a slow performance because we just weren't moving the ball. Yeah, I, I, I sort of, you're almost relying a little bit on those those guys that are looking to prove themselves to inject that energy and that intensity just didn't see very much of that yesterday at all and, and Jude what was your what was your kind of um, your your one baddie I'm gonna I'm gonna say Harry Winks which is oh that really, pains you as well it re- Look, well I, it really does obviously this is a podcast and people can't actually see your face but Jude <laughs> winced <laughs> Jude, Jude winced as he said that which yeah. is really quite sad I really love the lad. I've loved him ever since he like scored against West Ham and went and hugged Pochi on the sidelines. Oh, so it was is a gorgeous moment. Yeah, it is quite tough. But um, in that sort of game where we went behind quite early on, he's I don't know how much he really adds in central midfield because he's great if you know Spurs are bossing possession and they've got genuinely good attacking outlets. But for something like that, he didn't didn't really get his his head up and make too many forward passes and he just he got bypassed a little bit in midfield so it was mm. I was just a bit sad watching him because I do love him but he was also not very good do you think it's really really important that he makes a decision now about the type of player that he wants to be he needs to really clearly choose what it is that he's going to do and then he needs to improve on, on an element of his game, whether that be defensive or whether that be attacking. Haynes, is um, that up for him? Is that him to decide, though? Surely that's that's manipulated by where Mourinho tells him he's being played. Y- yes, I, I agree to some extent, but at the same time, his, for example, his shooting, Ooh, like I think yeah. we can all agree, mm. is just it's just not of a of a good enough level to play in an advanced role. So if Mourinho's going to put him slightly further forward, it's on him to go out and make sure that he he improves in that area. Or alternatively, if he is going to be the kind of the link player or do the kind of Hoybier role, his passing needs to be phenomenal. Like his passing has got to be what one of the things that we always praise Hoybier for is that if balls come into him, they're blasted into him. He seems to be able to just take the, the heat out of it and just do a simple thing, you know, and just move it on to someone else who can um, do the slightly more difficult stuff. It felt like Winksy yesterday was kind of doing that at a 6 out of 10, you know, whereas Hoybier can do the simple stuff at a 10 out of 10. So if he wants to do that role, he's got to either improve defensively and, and improve his passing or he's got to become way more dynamic in the final third because I think we've probably all did the collective groan when he drifted into that pocket of space in the 85th minute and then blasted that left foot shot about 15 yards over the over the bar. Mm. Um, my bad more than anything would have been the fact that we, just to sort of mirror the, the, the point that we made at the top, would just be that there didn't seem to be anyone that came out of there having sort of really made a claim for a 
for a point in the first team. Mm. Like we all talked about the idea of this squad depth being really, really exciting. And the Europa League being the place where players who were very, very good players but were on the periphery would have to go in and prove that they were worth a space in the in the first team squad. I'm hoping that this is just that this is just a one off bad game and that and it's not a case of people looking at the Europa League as like, Oh, I can't be asked with that. Because yeah. if go on. No, I was just gonna say I think I think that that's the the thing, the lucky thing here is we get a game to back, bounce back from on Sunday, right? Against a team who are going to play in a not not a similar, I guess a similar sort of style, in that they'll they'll press us and they'll sit in where they need to, and they're they're good on the counter attack, but also a very good passing team. Because that's another thing. I, I I'm not going to underplay Antwerp. I thought they passed fantastically last night, and I thought they pressed fantastically last night. They're not. They're not a brilliant team. We should have done better, but we have bright Brighton to put things right on Sunday. But yeah, it, it it did look a little bit like some players thought maybe I'm a little bit too big time for this, including and I have to say this, and Gareth Bale didn't have a good game, um, and 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 didn't put in the sort of the running that that was necessary. Because of the the spaces were there, and and we were fine. I thought Bergvine found them a few times, and I thought Vinicius found them a few times. But then we looked slightly lopsided. Um, Did he remind you of a of? Well, I said remind. Was there any part of you watching on that thought here's a guy who's biding his time, waiting to go all out when he's put into the Premier League starting eleven? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I'm not going to blame him for thinking I, I prefer to be playing in the Premier League. I'm not going to blame him for maybe not putting in 10, 15 sprints in in 20 minutes because um, he thinks I, I want to work my way back into it. But it do, did mean that we just looked slightly lacklustre and there's no sort of way around that. Yeah, and particularly off the back of the chat last week about the uh, the um, his numbers being incredible. I mean, I think... Sacramento and Mourinho both said that statistically in terms of what he's doing and what he, the way he's performing in training that his numbers are amazing um, I just yeah I, I'm, I'm very much in the camp of like I just want to see that now <laughs> I'm ready to see that <laughs> mm. off the back of the, the signing was how long ago now F- five weeks six weeks yeah something something like that mid-September mm. yeah, yeah so yeah so it's it, like it's now at that point like okay we've had the had the transition window and now I'm I'm ready to see the see this player at the peak of his powers. And also Hunter, I think you're right. Like no one's above criticism. No, no one you should be no one should be in this scenario. Like like I said, don't be hyper reactive because it is just one half, one game. But also at the same time you have the absolute right to say, I don't think you played particularly well there. And I, I actually said to you, Ben, I don't I don't think we'll see Pete Gaffer until after Christmas because I think it takes a lot longer than six weeks to to get up to where he is uh, physically, um, or what was physically. Sorry, um, you know, you look at you look at even his last season at Madrid. It, it was broken up. It was he had good performance here and there, but you know, it wasn't consistent playing. Uh, so yeah, I think I think I think it'll be a while. Yeah, let's not get let's not get carried away. It's one performance. Okay, let's do uh, the. We'll do the beautiful bit. Actually, we do the ugly bits first, and then we do the beautiful bits. So, ugly. There's only really one place to start, I think, and that is with the response to Delhi, and yeah. the way in which the way in which Spurs fans kind of took to 
various social media platforms, but we're ready to like. It's, it's not critiquing a performance; it's a pile on. Yeah, we're ready on. to pile on and just like absolutely destroy the guy. Um, so, d- did anyone have any specific thoughts on that, or did anyone feel that that was particularly unfair? Yeah, I did. I thought that was unfair. Mm. Uh, I've written a piece today to that effect uh, for the paper. I mean, I think this is not a criticism of Mourinho, to be clear, but I think it is symptomatic of Mourinho's rhetoric that this kind of thing happens. And I think we saw it last year with Ndombele, that seemingly supporters, or an element of supporters, let's say, almost feel like in order to show loyalty to the manager, they have to kind of pan the player that's uh, not in his thinking. And I I find it quite bizarre. Um, and look, I, I don't think Mourinho's wrong about Ali not deserving a place in the league team. I think that's obvious for everyone to see. He, he, at the moment, on current form, he does not deserve to be in the Premier League and he probably doesn't deserve to be on the bench either given the, the, the depth of the squad. So I think we, we can all agree that's fine. But but what I would say on Delhi is, you know, it takes players, even the most motivated players, a bit of time to get up to speed usually I mean you only have to look at someone like Kane who, who always takes mm. um, a game or, or you know an hour to, to even find his touch normally do you so remember that Man United time. game? Do you well, yeah, Man exactly game? Yeah, he looked Kane like he was forcing back. it it was a lot mm. of heavy touches you know it takes players time and I don't think Delhi's any different and, and so far this season he's you know, consistently been challenged by Mourinho to prove that he deserves a place in the team but he's been given a half against Everton 60 minutes against Skendija and, and a half again last night. You know, these aren't great opportunities for him to to rise to that challenge and show what he can do. You know, it's, it's really difficult to come into a, a team, particularly a, a team that's had wholesale changes and doesn't have any synergy at all mm. and, and start performing at your very best and, and kind of proving to the manager that you deserve a place in the side. Um, so I do, I do sympathise with Delhi, and, and, I, and to be clear, I, I don't think... You know, Mourinho's completely mugging him off or anything like that. You know, he hasn't come out and and used the same rhetoric he was using about Ndombele, for instance, last season. Yeah. You know, he's clearly kind of fairly pleased with him in training, but I don't at the moment understand why Spurs fans are kind of piling in on him. I think they're seeing what they want to see almost. Um, he wasn't really any worse than any of the front four last night. He was maybe you know too dithery, but he, he did create one good chance for Vinicius with with a quick early ball over the top. Um, as Hunter says, everyone squandered a lot of positions. Mm. Delhi too, and you know I do think, particularly for Mourinho, uh, sorry for Ali and Bergwijn, who were kind of challenged to prove that Mourinho was wrong to leave them out against Burnley. I do think giving them forty five minutes in those circumstances um, wasn't really enough, and you know it would have been nice to. Maybe for those two, for, for him to say, look, we need Sonny on the pitch now, we, or we need Lamella on, but you two, you know, prove to me, you know, prove to me in the next 20 minutes that, that I shouldn't take you off too. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I think as inconsequential as the game was in the grand scheme of things, Mourinho's comments afterwards suggest that, you know, he might have made his mind up about a few of his fringe players, and I think it's, it's pretty obvious that Ali's, you know, chief among them at the moment, but I think it's pretty hard for him in the circumstances to, to really be, be, yeah, as I said, rising to Mourinho's challenge when, when he's basically having cameos once a month. Me and Hainsey did a, an interview with Juan Mata recently 
um, and Juan Mata said that the number 10 position or that, that most creative position is dying in football because people don't have the patience for it anymore. And, and Deli Ali almost fits into that position. And you saw it happening with Christian Eriksen, people saying, oh, what does he do? It's almost quite hard to define these players a lot of the time. And Deli Ali's game, I've always found anyway, you know, people might disagree, was all about movement off the ball and into the area. And when he's not, when he's not near the box and he and he's playing slightly deeper and, it, you know, he, it helped when Christian Eriksen was on fire and Kane, Kane was playing up with him. But... I think he he becomes quite a hard player to define, and people are so quick nowadays to just just say, "Well, he doesn't work." But it's like there is a system that works for him. The, again, the wholesale wholesale changes yesterday, as Dan said, make that almost impossible. I think his role becomes incredibly difficult uh, in a team like that. Um, I I'm worried for him at Spurs now, which is a shame because I think he's an absolutely brilliant player. Um, but yeah, I I think he. He may be on his way out, I have to say. Mm. He's quite streaky as well, isn't he, as a player? Mm. He's going to need like five, six, seven starts to to get the best out of him. And yeah, if he's not getting those games. And especially if he's playing with Gareth Bale, who's building up fitness. Mm. Carlos Vinicius, who's just signed. And like he had a good debut the other day. Mm. But he's also going to need time. And Stevie Bergwijn as well. And that's sort of who he's got to work with. Stevie Bergwijn has not been particularly good so far. That is going to be incredibly tricky for him to make like a proper impact. If you put Delhi next to Son and Kane, you know, two players he knows mm. like the back of his hand, and the way they're playing at the moment, you know, it's obvious that he would be more impressive than he was last night. Mm. And that's true of, of Bale as well, and it's true of Bergwijn as well, as we saw uh, from the start against West Ham. So yeah. I think the reaction was completely disproportionate, and it mm. does seem to be, you know, Bale. For, for a similarly subdued display, you know, is obviously and for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, come on, but for obvious reasons, he has avoided you know any kind of backlash. Whereas, you know, suddenly Delhi's not working hard enough. He's got no future at the club. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and I, I do think it's it's kind of symptomatic of kind of the way you know the way Mourinho treats players. You know, mm. people supporters almost feel like they have to show their loyalty inside with him by panning them you, you really don't you, yeah. you can kind of support yeah, so all the Tottenham players and be you know, nice and friendly do you think, <laughs> so two questions there I mean do you think the documentary has any part to play here because I think there was a very very clear scene and a very clear transition from that bit at the beginning where it's like you're playing like Delhi's cousin well, you're mm. ten, playing like Delhi's brother off. Brother. I forget what the terminology was that he used. Yeah. Um, and and said you're crap in training and you're lazy. Um, with that on record, does that perhaps make it easier for Spurs Definitely. fans to jump in? And and the second question, I think, is this just a tactic? Is this just end on ballet all over again? Or is this something perhaps a little bit more serious? I don't think it's more serious. Because as Dan said, I don't think he's used the same sort of language with Delhi yet. He hasn't. He hasn't described. You know, he hasn't described him as like I'm un- unusable or, you know, how how do I play him? I can't play him. Oh, he's so soft. He hasn't used any of those sort of harsher terms yet. But I do think I said this to you before. I do think the documentary has put him in a light because you you see in all these all these. False fans' accounts saying, "Oh, he's lazy in training." It's like you're not at training. You're not there. You don't. Mourinho says that once. Also, the other thing is, 
you know that fallouts happened last season that weren't shown in the do- in the documentary at all, right? So to to just suggest that Deli Ali is a oh he's a bad trainer, he's a lazy trainer, and I, I just think it it allows for a narrative in the same way that they they hung Danny Rose out to dry in it because they knew that they weren't gonna they weren't gonna get him back in the squad. I think I think it'd be naive to not see it as any other any other way because Danny Rose got absolutely bollocked for that. Uh, on social media after that episode came out and I think I think it's important to say Deli Ali was the sort of the main guy almost a year and a half ago and so just from a mental perspective it must be really tough for him now to sort of reassess his position in that squad and try and understand what 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 role he can play which uh, you know we talk a lot about the mental health of players and everyone seems all up for talking about it but yeah maybe don't pile on when someone's having a bad time then i think he might be paying the price for not stepping up when kane and son were injured to be honest i mean Mm. because he made a really good start in the Mourinho, and i think more than anyone in Mourinho's first month in charge he raised his game albeit he had definitely been on an upward trajectory in the last couple of months under poch as well but he definitely came in and, and seemed to have a rapport with Mourinho. They seemed to hit it off and, and he raised his game. I think the problem was he didn't do a great deal when Spurs just had no one else up there. And he was the... In fact, he did. there was one game where he scored twice when he sort of played up front. But anyway, um, I, I feel like perhaps he came into this season with Mourinho already thinking, well, you, know, you didn't do it for us um, when we really needed you. And, you know... It's it's just kind of been hard for him to, to row it back from there. And he hasn't, as I said, he just hasn't had an opportunity to play in a system that suits him w- with, with the best players in the team yet. And I, I do think he'd be able to do something in those circumstances. Does, um, th- was he close to leaving, do we know? Was he, was there ever, was there any genuine sort of feeling behind I that? I honestly don't, I honestly don't know if he was ever close. Mm. I think... I think there was definite interest, um, and I think it's fair to say Mourinho would have, you know, been open to letting him go on loan. Mm. Um, but I don't think the cl- there was ever much appetite from the club to sell him. And I, I think it's a difficult one because I think there were sort of big agents in- involved in it, sort of since the chance to, to move a, a really big, high-profile English player and, and, and get quite a big payday, especially given PSV were PSG, sorry, were, mm. were involved. So I don't know if he was ever close, but. I don't think there was much appetite at the club, and I think a good couple of weeks before the window closed, Mourinho kind of ruled it out. I do, so, yeah. I just always wonder how yeah. much that turns a player's head. Just even hearing those things, like the the club are in, uh, hearing, especially a club the size of PSG. I mean, whoever you are, that's going to sort of prick your ears up, isn't it? And sort of think, oh god, they do have Mbappe and Neymar and few other world beaters and they were just in a Champions League final and uh... even beyond that Hunter like mm. the, the, the the name PSG yeah. Yeah. like I, I can't help but feel like on some level that would have been a really really ugly stick that people might have beaten Delhi with as well with what that whole that oh you went to PSG it's not it's not like Cess for example goes out on loan in Germany and he, like the, the, the idea of Cess and John's loan is go and get game time, go and come back a better player for the first team experience. I feel like Spurs fans in particular at the moment would have quite happily used the fact that he'd gone to PSG, which is a very glamorous side, and mm. the the fact that the, the, the kit's not Nike, it's Jordan. You know, it, like it's, yeah. it, it all plays into that narrative around um, around him. Mm. Um, one, one thing 
I, I do think is interesting, and I, I, I promise we won't go on about this for too much longer, but I do think that as a fan base, we're a little bit different in that we don't tend to beat the whole team up. We really hone in on individuals, which, mm. which worries me a little bit. I, I don't... It, it, it kind of there was a like we said there was a number of bad performances last night and it's quite strange to see people go for for Delhi it's quite strange to see people he didn't have a good game granted like he, his past completion was seventy three seventy four percent which is just mm. for for a player of his talent is 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 not Love, up to yeah. where it should be um, but it is interesting that we do seem to have this kind of like you the this kind of uh, as a maybe it's just twitter but as a fan base that we're almost doing player cam on an individual and being like oh look at that mistake oh look mm. at that mistake mm. but the fact of the matter is last night if ben davis doesn't try and do a weird turn <laughs> in a really dangerous position we draw that game nil nil you know and it's it, and it's suddenly yeah. like an okay point away from home you know but instead it's delhi alley who's had a had a stinker or whatever or needs to be completely battered for his performance where in actual fact I think there's probably a few wayward passes perhaps not enough distance covered and in a very key a very key point in the game made the wrong decision to look for Stevie Bergvine as opposed to look for Gareth Bale who would have been in on goal mm. I mean if, if if he does play that pass and Bale scores it's like oh Delhi back in the assist <laughs> yeah. has he taken his chance it's fine you know, margins it's, it's, in football in it as always, I think um, that that focus on individuals though is kind of symptomatic of the way Spurs are at the moment. Like, I think if, under Pochettino, for instance, when you got like a system manager, it tended to be like if it was a really good performance, then everyone played really well, and you, you could never really pick a man of the match. But if it was a really bad performance, then, then everyone had played really poorly. And I don't think it's quite like that um, under Mourinho. You saw that at Burnley. You know, it wasn't there were, there were quite a few individuals who weren't great, but then you know, Son and Kane mm. stepped up again. You know, it's pretty similar against West Ham. You know, almost this kind of um, schism between the, the attacking players and the defence. I think we're more likely to see kind of individuals shine. Um, in, That's always in been Mourinho's system. Mourinho's thing, though, right? It's all about the individual, mm. and the individual creates yeah. the brilliance um, rather than like a sort of, like you said, a more potch approach where it's all about camaraderie we're all in it together strange but, you know. yeah i mean because it doesn't it does then leave you very open considering i don't know if you've seen the the documentary that the Mourinho documentary that was made sort of like uh, the back end of his time at inter when he was just about to move to real madrid but there was that that moment where he was like sobbing with materazzi i think it was um and they were sort of standing there hugging and, and sort of crying together having just won the Having just won the the Champions League, and and I, I remember that system being just being a system all about maximising value from what was a fairly weird and lopsided approach, considering the players that he had. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens over the course of the next month or two with some of those players. I'm also looking at the likes of Stevie Bergwijn, for example, who came in and was and was very highly thought of, and now seems to be in a really rough position where you think might struggle for game time um let's go on to the beautiful bits if there was any i suppose the the, the beautiful thing is that like you said hunter there's a chance again in three days time to get it right yeah we and move on we move on and, and really i i i'm more i'm I, the performance is like it is what it is i was more upset by like we well like we were talking about the pile on on individual players i think it's just don't overreact in those situations. Deli Ali's always needed five, six games to get going into a hot streak, and let's let's move on to Brighton. But the one of the beautiful things I thought from last night was the fact that 
uh, all I kept thinking was, I think Indumbello could really affect this game. Or uh, I thought I think Indumbello would really uh, make us considerably better, which is a beautiful place to be considering 12 months ago. All I was asking for was, can I please just watch him play for five minutes, please? Let him have a little go. <laughs> Mourinho said, uh, said afterwards that uh, Spurs really missed him last night. Yeah. So wow. embargo, embargo till 1pm, but I'm sure the podcast will come out after Yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it, was quite, it was quite telling. Yeah, he said we missed him because he moves the ball really quickly. Yeah, um, absolutely. He's, like, he's one of our best players That's now. become... He no, could that, be the undeniably. next Sacramento. That is, so, <laughs> that is such an, a noticeable thing with him and Hoiber is they take one, two touch. Hoiber like, loves a like, first-time pass and Ndombele does as well, which means you're constantly shifting... The ball left, right, left, right. Hard to defend, hard to mark, and you work the team a lot, a lot quicker and a lot harder. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, just a, a, a point to say is that I'm just very glad that he is becoming a, an integral part of the starting eleven because that's what he was bought to do. And I'm just he said this week, didn't he, in his interview that he feels like we've not seen, we've not seen the best of. He went very uh, Brent as well. He's like, yeah. you've not seen Speaking the best of, of Tango and Umbele yet, let me <laughs> tell you. Um, but yeah, so I, I, that's a, something I'm, I'm excited to see more of, basically. Quality. Judy, anything that you're looking forward to? I think Brighton's pretty much the perfect game for Spurs to make sort of statement after that, after last night. <laughs> Just because I went to watch Brighton on Monday and they were ridiculously toothless. Their chance conversion was like, pretty poor. They only scored through an own goal. Neil Morpé, like he's a bit of a ratty player, and I sort of do love watching him. <laughs> I really I like do re- Yeah, I do really love watching him just because he's definitely like, a Tottenham he... fan, isn't he? he hates <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really gets his uh, his head into like centre backs' chests and all that <laughs> sort of. Um... But yeah, he he couldn't finish any of the chances he got the other day. They're nice and pretty, but if they give Spurs too much space on the counter, then I think it should be. Yeah, a relatively straightforward game. What do we reckon nice starting eleven? Lewis, Lewis do dunk out as well. I think is a big loss yeah. for them. I think that 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 should be highlighted now. Is they they yeah. sort of lose a bit of balance when he's not there, and he's a very good centre back that that I used to play against when I played for our school team. Jude <laughs> Stringer. <laughs> um, Jude and, Jude and Hunter went to the the same school. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and both. If you just listen, they they're both. Uh, uh, Apart from a thrilling and exciting speedy three-man attack. <laughs> in the same year? No, God, no. Jude's... No, I was year seven and he was year 11, I think, when we yeah. were there. Yeah, I was, I was just leaving oh, so you... Jude came. Hmm. Oh, so you weren't really part of the same three-man no, attack? We no, we were not. Not in the same clique. Like a massively <laughs> prodigious forward who was drafted five years above. It was either Jude was really, really good or I was absolutely terrible when they put me in the You were so remedial, you played with the year sevens. Give Hunter a game. There was always that kid. There was always that kid on the playground, wasn't there, from like year nine or ten that suddenly ended up playing in like the year seven or eight game on the mm. just on the on the concrete. You're like, what's he doing here? Is he just a bit weird? God, is this is this when we played Brighton last year? Is this, was this around this period or was it slightly earlier? Yeah, that but was... we're at home this time around. Are we? Yeah. Are we, are we so, at home? Yeah. Oh god, I've got that wrong in my head. Because uh, that was la- well, so last. So the period of the season have been sort of massively distorted, haven't they? So yeah, well, <laughs> it I, might I, have been I, like this kind of month. But yes, it would yeah, have been yeah. later. So uh, that was the worst game 
I can probably remember under Pochettino and it also felt like the end. That that I mean, I didn't want it to be the end, but it felt like the end of whatever was happening um, with that squad at the time. Uh, that was abject. And it was after the Bayern Munich trashing as well, wasn't it? So mm. yeah. it really felt like, the, it felt like the squad giving up on him that day and it was horrible. So hopefully it won't be like that at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> Touch wood. Just to finish up, what do we think the team's going to be, Dan? I think it picks itself, really. They're probably the only position up for grabs is the sort of third forward position with Son and Kane. Mm. I mean, I think it's going to be Lloris, uh, Doherty, Regulon, Toby, Dyer, Hoiberg, Sissoko, Ndombele, and then someone with Son and Kane. I mean, probably Lucas, but you know, yeah. possibly Lamella, you know, maybe even maybe even Bale, because also embargoed for 1pm. Mm. Mourinho was... Um, <laughs> Sort of doubled down on on Bale, saying you know he, he he's still convinced he's kind of very close to his best, um, and kind of saying, almost suggesting the Spurs fans shouldn't expect him to be this kind of explosive player anymore. Saying he was kind of a different player, tactically more clever, and and things like that. So maybe, you know, maybe we'll see that. him, but I think it'll probably be Lucas, and I think I think it'll, yeah, it's hard to see any kind of deviation from that, really, isn't it? Mm. There's legs there still, though. The West Ham game, it was his first game at the at the new stadium, and he still had the legs to make that 67-yard run. I'm still convinced that when he wants to put the afterburners on, he'll have that capability. It's just a case of playing with players that are going to find him in those positions. Mm. Fingers crossed. He gets some game time at the weekend with, with Sonny and Kane, and we get to see them as a three for a bit. Um, thanks so much, guys. Been a pleasure, as always. Thanks so much for listening. Um, sorry, it was perhaps a little bit more downcast, but I'm, unfortunately, a spade is still a spade. Depends <laughs> how much was... I did it, Andy. Depends how yeah, much but... I cut out here. <laughs> well, it make it sound really positive if I was. <laughs> only did a good bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, only talk about Mourinho's Instagram post, mm. and that's it. Um, enjoy the game at the weekend. We'll be back next week, where hopefully we're talking about Spurs thrashing Brighton. Um, yeah, have a good one, everyone. We'll see you next time. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.